Welcome to episode 11 of the Zero Analytics Podcast. Today's guest is Cole Niebert of Greenwood, Delaware. He races on the regional circuit in the PA Maxi Series and the Virginia Dirt Karting Association. He pilots the number one machine for Richie Hornsby Racing. You may remember Richie, who was on the very first episode of the Zero Analytics Podcast. There, he had high hopes for their team's 2019 season and has been pretty successful so far in the clone and especially the animal divisions. My conversation with Cole explores the life of a current college student, hospital intern, and kart racer. Cole has had success on the local level and now starting to make a name for himself on the regional karting scene. One more thing before we get started. If you enjoy or find value in the podcast I've put out so far, please visit the Zero Analytics Karting Podcast GoFundMe page on GoFundMe.com. I'm trying this route instead of a show sponsor right now to keep the integrity of the podcast and maintain a neutral stance for the karting community and the guests I have on. I'm trying to raise money to promote the podcast and create a better product. This is the first conversation recorded with the new equipment and the audio turned out great. Special thanks also to a local Delaware guy, Jimmy Mitchell, who made a generous donation to help purchase the equipment along with the money raised to date on the GoFundMe page. Okay, enough about me. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend, Mr. Cole Niebert. All right, so Cole, welcome to the show, man. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I just asked where you're from and um, like exactly what town is Greenwood. And as soon as you said that, I started thinking about like the Greenwood chicken up there. Yeah, <laughs> we're, uh, we're about five miles from that. That's probably the most popular thing in our area. Yeah. Chicken. Yeah, there's not much more than that. You know, stoplight here and there and stuff like that. So yeah. um, so it's uh, we're near the end of May right now recording this. Um, so you got a race coming up tomorrow, right? Yeah, we're uh, headed to Capital City for the third PA Maxis race, which is a little odd because going to Virginia for Pennsylvania race, but right. it's cool. They're changing it up a little bit, and I think that'll make it exciting. Well, that's cool. I think it's close enough, especially with like the roads connecting PA and stuff. It's pretty easy to get down there to the capital city and stuff. But um, Now, is there also a race on Sunday there? Yeah, Sunday, uh, Mike Hurley's taking the NCVA series there. Okay. So they're having a pretty much a doubleheader weekend. Uh, I imagine a lot of the people from Saturday will stay, and then there's – people from the g-man race that's probably going to join them on sunday right definitely and that's that's where we're headed tomorrow i'm going to head up or we'll head down to the g-man race at tri-county with as many classes and stuff that's there it looks like it's (laughs) it's gonna be a long day so i think he's just running clones and i'm just pushing buggies so it won't be too bad that'll be exciting back at the racetrack though yeah yeah definitely man i like to see some old people there so um so let's see just give me uh Maybe like a little rundown, like what have you been up to so far this year? And uh, just connect like a little dot that uh, some people are just kind of tuning into the podcast. The first guest I ever had that we started off was with Richie Hornsby, my good friend. And you drive, you guys, I'm not exactly sure how like it's all set up, but you guys are, he does the tires and yep. you guys team up and do uh, it. About midway, August, late August, early September last year, uh, we kind of hit a spot where we didn't, didn't couldn't travel on our own but we needed we needed a little help and richie was the guy for us and i really feel like we've clicked um me and richie get along along really well and uh that's a major part in any kind of team so uh we got some tires together and we loaded up and i think our first race was actually a battle at the beach race which that's just local and um 
we clicked. We had pretty good success. Well, I think we won the pro race that day, so we re re got to get we regrouped and uh we hit headed for Pennsylvania and that was another experience for the both of us. I mean, Richie's been around racing for years on years, but you never really heard him on the traveling traveling side of it. So uh, I think it was an opportunity for him as long as it was an opportunity for us. And uh, we went to Pennsylvania, had some pretty good success, took time late last year and got ourselves together for uh, hopefully the next year. And this year we started off pretty strong and hopefully we can keep on going. Yeah, you guys have been tearing it up, um, like in the PA series and over in the Virginia series, uh, especially on the animal. I mean, you've been running up front with the clone too, but uh, like really having a lot of success with the animal this year. Yeah, I mean, at, at Williamston, we had a really strong run with the animal, but had a little bit of an upset when the baffle fell out of the muffler. Yeah, it's, so, uh, I forgot about that. He that, told that he that told was, that story. That was one that it'll make your stomach drop a little bit. But, uh, I mean, even in January from Williamston to now we're getting on pretty good racetracks. We're, we're keeping the animal fast, and uh, we're making pretty good strides with the clone, and hopefully we can get them both to run pretty good in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and I know that even when I when we had talked and had our conversation with Richie and I, I mean he's he's not a like he's not a big bullshitter. So like when he he seemed pretty confident going into it, and obviously that was after the indoor racing season, and um, and really I was I mean I was happy to see because he helped me out with the whole podcast. And I was really happy to see him kind of even just back up what his thought process yeah. was, and and uh, like you said, you kind of made it through the spring setting where like that type of prepping. Now you're getting to the better tracks, and yeah. you're still maintaining the speed. So that's good. Well, that's that's our goal. I mean, we we go into each weekend knowing that anything can really happen. But uh, right from the get go, when we first started together, the first thing that Richie told me and my dad, he said, "I can't guarantee we're always going to be fast." He said, "I can't guarantee we're always going to be the fastest." He said, "But at some point of the day, we're going to be pretty good." So that's just our that's our goal. I mean, we all want to win races and we all want to be good. But for our little team like us, if we can get good any time of the day and be competitive and run top five, I mean that's that's good for us. I mean we we don't have a lot of the funds or a lot of the tires that some of these bigger teams do, but we're making good speed with what we got, and I mean that makes our success mean so much more. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys, so what series are you running? You're running the PA series? We're running the PA series for sure. We've hit all the VDK so far, and we were just kind of feeling them out to start off with. And wherever we had success, we obviously want to continue with. But as of now, I think we're going to run the VDK and the PA series to finish out the year. And uh, as mid-season's kind of approaching on us, um, me and Richie have sat down, and we're trying to plan out, like, special races to go to, not – just your series but i mean if there's a memorial somewhere that we can make or just any big big race that doesn't have points involved we we're going to try putting on the schedule and make an appearance that's good and it, it seems like a lot of people that i've talked to this year is that's kind of what everyone's kind of going back to you know i mean you have you obviously have your your eight or ten teams that hit yeah. like the traveling circuit like wherever the big money is yeah. and stuff like that but a lot of people even jared jackson uh, you know chris harris and jock yep. newsome everyone kind of runs within a few hours of their house and then you know, everyone has their, their favorite race or two here or there yeah. and stuff like that. And uh, it's something that – I don't know if it's new this year, but in the PA series I saw where you guys won both animal classes, right? Yep. And you have – they gave out belts now, yep. like kind of like wrestling belts yeah, it's like type a, thing. a big wrestling belt, and it's all, all classes. And uh, I salute Ron Pritt and them guys because there's a lot of races you go to, you win, and they pretty much pat you on the back and 
say thanks for your money and come back and see us again. Where Ron, I mean, you get a pole, he gives you a medal. I mean, that that doesn't mean a lot to your big big teams, but for kids and stuff, just seeing them. And then he gives you certificates that if you're on the pole, like next race, it's cheaper for you to race. Like, I mean, he's giving back to the racer, and I, that's really what people want. I mean, yeah, he puts up decent money and all, but that's what the, the little things bring people back. Your $1,000 pro class doesn't bring the go-karts that he's had. I mean, Clone last time we were there had 20 – there was almost 25 go-karts in Clone. Right. And, that, and something we've noticed is there's more people running points classes than there are running pro classes in, in today's – you know, racing, and I, I don't know why it is, but I feel like it's it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, and, and probably more important than anything you just said, I was at, I want to say I was home watching a UFC fight, and it was almost, I want to say a little after 10, and, and Richie and I will text back and forth, like when the like when the main card comes on, and I think he was already home at like yeah. 9.30 on a Saturday yeah, I mean, night. Ron and the guys at PA, I mean, they set a schedule at the beginning of that day. And if practice is on the grid, supposed to be on the racetrack at 9, at 8.45, there better be go-karts on that grid. And, I mean, they'll call mandatories as soon as the time hits. If qualifying is supposed to be started at 2, there's a go-kart rolling on the racetrack at 1.59. I mean, they stick to a schedule. They don't play around with the late to the grid and everybody waits. And I think, uh, not saying people down south, you know, hang back, but a lot of the people in Pennsylvania don't wait and wait to be the last go-kart on racetrack. If they call the class, a lot of them are on the grid and ready to roll. So I think that's a big part of it. But I don't think we've been in Pennsylvania racing later than maybe 8, 8.30. I mean, tech obviously takes a while sometimes. But. Right. So what, just uh, outside of racing right now, you're you're going to school right yeah, now? Yeah. Um, uh, so you're, you're 18 years old, so yep. for people listening. So you're kind of, you're not quite racing Hayes. You're not the junior driver. No. You're not really an adult, adult. yet. You kind of are, but... Yeah. Uh, uh, I go to Delaware Tech, which is just a community college near home, obviously, and uh, I'm studying radiology, so who would ever thought the dirt ball rolling in the mud at the racetrack would be working in a hospital eventually, but yeah, going to school for radiology, um, I'm working at a local hospital actually right now, I'm pushing people around, so I'm racing through the hallways as it is, <laughs> and uh, other than that, I'm balancing school and work and trying to race as much as I can while I, while I do have a free schedule, I mean... Yeah, that may, in a few years, it may not be the case. Yeah, you, know, you might mean, be, have to really try and enjoy it while I got it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But that's good, man. It's uh, it's good to see you doing well. And so you're you're from the Greenwood area, which is kind of like the middle, midway point of Delaware. I mean, somewhat on the the yep. western side. And when you started racing, about how old were you? Uh, when I was, in like, I I don't know, December. I was born in August. In December of two thousand four. Um, I came home one day to a go-kart in the backyard. And, I mean, my my dad had always raced. My dad started racing when he was eight years old. So, racing had always been a factor after I was born. I mean, I, I grew up around a racetrack. I came home to a go-kart. And, I mean, that was the coolest thing. Because at the time, my dad was racing micros. So, I wasn't around a go-kart track. Didn't didn't really see them a whole lot. And uh, my dad worked out of – my aunt and uncle are farmers. And dad brought home a tractor one day and made me a racetrack in the backyard. And uh, I made, I don't know, 500 laps in the backyard. I mean, every day after school, I just make laps and laps and laps. And probably midway through 2005, uh, my dad's actual last go-kart, the last go-kart he ever ran was given to me from the guy that owned it. And uh, we put it together, and we headed out to Club Milton. And uh, that's where it all began. I mean, once I started 
racing at Club Milton on, I think it was actually Friday nights back then. I mean, I was just nonstop. And uh, Middle Ford started, they were racing on, uh, I think it was Thursday nights at the time. So, I mean, we'd race Thursday night at Middle Ford. We'd go to Milton on Friday night, and we'd just race as much as we can. Yeah, and I, it, it's kind of weird to have people on where I've raced against their dad. You yeah. know what I mean? Between Chad yeah. Hayes and then your dad. And, uh, and he wanted to get here today, but... Uh, just with both of our schedules of racing and stuff, yeah. he couldn't be. So um, hopefully he'll enjoy enjoy listening to it, being yeah, surprised by so. everything. <laughs> but um, as far as like, I mean, I remember even like going up to Dover and seeing you run yeah. like two or three different classes up there. You would run. I mean, I don't know how old you were. I mean, you're a little, but you were yeah. on like the junior, like the outlaws yeah, and, um, and things like that. I mean, I mean, I, like I said, I started racing actually at an actual racetrack when I was five. I mean, from that that was open stuff when I was five. I mean, right. you had something kind of like a it was like a stock flathead it was supposed to be stock but i mean you're at, in somebody's backyard if you launch it off turn two you're in the, the swimming pool so <laughs> there wasn't like a real big tech or anything back then and uh when we we started outlaw stuff i mean that's that's what delaware was you you had delmar which was your you know stock classes and all that but i, I never really ran delmar a whole lot till i was probably 10 or so but yeah i ran outlaw stuff um and I was probably eight years old. There was a guy five minutes from my house that had a had a racetrack for flat track motorcycles, and uh, it was all open go karts. He had go karts there too, and it was all open stuff. And I mean, your blogzillas and stuff that's going to be at like the G Man race on Saturday. I was running in a guy's backyard when I was six years old, and I never really ran stock stuff until uh, I don't know. I was probably eight years old, and we actually settled down and i started running delmar um teamed up with the guys at outlaw motorsports so richie walls and carol journey and all them and that's when my stock and i had to kind of get rid of the outlaw stuff for a little while because if you try running an animal like you're on a blogzilla or something open it's not gonna work out for the best so <clears throat> right they tamed me down and put me on something stock and i learned how to drive with a little bit less horsepower and Dover opened back up because they took the pavement off of it. So, I mean, when we weren't racing at Del or yeah at Delmar for like a, a state series or something, we'd go there and I'd I'd get my opens back and get to feel a little bit of horsepower again. Gotcha. And I, I don't know where this falls, but I I want to say a few years ago I was on maybe it was on Facebook. I'm not sure, but there is I don't know if it was at the um, Harrington Fairgrounds. Is there like I don't know if there's a track there. If you were just um, Tr trying i'm not yeah, sure if there was and there's a big arena at the harrington fairgrounds called the quillen arena that's mm -hmm. where like their big horse shows and all that and um the same guy that had the racetrack in his backyard right outside of my my house wanted to have a flat track motorcycle race in the arena and i mean the fairgrounds is all for it but we had to map out sizing and just figure out what would fit for a go-kart but what would work, work for a flat track bike so we put a go-kart together with a big open on it to figure out exactly how long it could be without going out of the arena but how short it could be without spinning out every lap so we made i don't know 100 laps in the arena and we'd make 20 laps and then we'd lengthen the track out and we finally found a happy medium and he had a race scheduled and the fairground actually came to him and told him that his water truck had to be insured and anything that was going to be inside the building had to have insurance and being just a, a small funded guy he couldn't couldn't afford it and the race didn't actually get to happen. Yeah. 
And have you, I mean, have you driven anything other than a go-kart? Yeah, uh, about two months ago, um, back to the micro deal, my dad ran micros, and he raced with a guy, with two guys, Luke Thomas and Kenny Vincent, and Kenny Vincent's got a big welding shop for anybody that's listening locally, and uh, he's got two 600 micros, and in January, there's an indoor race for, for the micros up in New Jersey, and uh, I called it with luke and i mean we clicked something something clicked and i started going over there and i was helping him and kenny in the shop when i wasn't working on go-kart stuff and uh bridgeport had an open practice one day and kenny called me and said hey come run this car we're going to get you in it so we went up to bridgeport and i ran the 600 i think it was three times and every time we went on the racetrack i learned something else and we were just getting faster and faster and it was definitely an awesome experience that's cool i mean do you have any plans once uh once go-karts are over or yeah is I mean, that like that's that's the direction i want to head but uh i mean i've raced go-karts i think this is like my 14th year that's something hard to just brush away and, and get into <laughs> something else that's a lot of a lot of experience i guess you could say and a lot mm-hmm. of time put into something just to to brush it away so we want to run it when kenny and luke are going to let me and just get seat time and keep getting better in it but as of now we're just going to stay with the go-karts and stuff gotcha gotcha so when you started racing and, and you said that you kind of you really kind of moved more to the stock classes once uh, Outlaw Motorsports came around yep. Del Mar. When did you first start it like start traveling um, like the Virginia series and, and things yeah, like that? It was about the time that we we started running with Outlaw. I probably ran a year or two at home with Outlaw and with Richie Walls and them guys and uh, it was getting near the end of the year and I think we had won the championship and um, at Del Mar for the state series and we wanted to go run the turkey trot and when we when we ran that it was firestones so i mean being being us we run maxis here so we got us a set of firestones and we were ready to ride and uh we went down there just you know with the fun mindset let's go somewhere new i'd never been on a racetrack that big at all so i mean to start off i struggled i didn't didn't really know what to do with a racetrack that big i still had the delaware lift and and all that and they finally talked me into you know just not caring flat footing it so I'd, we got speed and by the end of the day i think we actually won we won the turkey trot the first year that we ran it so you. that was the that was our first really experience of traveling and uh probably a couple of years after that i mean we kept going to the turkey trot that was like our one one experience a year mm-hmm. we uh on our own we started running the vdk and we, i think here we didn't have at home we didn't have a junior two class so I was forced to run junior three right out of junior one. I didn't get junior two. I skipped that. So then we would go to the VDK and we'd run junior two. So I didn't really have as much experience, of course, as a kid that's ran those big racetracks and stuff. But, I mean, we survived. We we got by and we learned a lot. And that's kind of the series that we started traveling with. I mean, we felt our felt around with the VDK and Shane and them came up. And then we really got into some traveling. So. Gotcha. And... So, so you were doing that, and then you just mentioned Shane. We're talking about Shane Bass. Yep. And how um how did you guys get hooked up? Uh, I know one day I looked on Facebook or something, and yeah. you were driving an X Factor cart. Yeah, and all kinds I mean of we stuff. ran we ran the VDK a couple years on our own, and we ran the Junior Two, and I ended up moving up to Junior Three when when the age hit, and um we were at Amelia. Amelia was still open. And it was the pro race that night. Shane's a Charger dealer, and we had just got on the the Charger Dynasty. So, I mean, we had a new go-kart. We we thought we were something at, <coughs> at, at right. the time. Uh-huh. And uh, we were going down the front stretch, and there's a there was a ditch and then the, the tower. 
and junior three is just a disaster anyway. And somehow a kid turned me, and I ended up hitting the flag, the the tower. I creamed the side of the tower and destroyed our brand new Charger <laughs> go kart. And Shane was a dealer, and we were pushing our twisted up go kart back to the trailer. And Shane came up to me and he said, "You know, I have parts." He said, "I'm I'm a dealer for Charger." He said. If you guys need anything, he said, here's my number, call me. And that, that kind of triggered it. I mean, that didn't, obviously, a kid that just destroyed a go-kart, he wasn't going to ask to race for him. So, uh, right. And at the time, we had Palmetto was real big tire prep-wise, and that's what we had used. We were big Palmetto users. And um, we noticed in Virginia, I mean, you didn't have Matt Bryant and them there as trackside support, but Shane was always at the VDKs that we ran. So, uh we were at Capitol that same year. We were at Capitol, and we sh- kind of were struggling. I mean, we couldn't – we didn't have any tires for, like, a real high bite racetrack like some of those racetracks get in the middle of the summer. And uh, I went to Shane, and I said, look, man, I mean, we're, we're from Delaware. We don't have a lot of tires. Is there anything we can use? Is there any advice you can give us? And he started to explain to us what we needed to be competitive. And we ran a couple races, and – uh, my dad had got up with Shane right after the turkey trot of that year. It was 2014, and um, we wanted to go to Daytona. I mean, I had always dreamed of going to Daytona. That was the race of the year. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, being – we had never been to anything like that. I mean, especially with the limestone and stuff like that. So, uh, Shane got us some Unilis together, and uh, that was my debut for Shane. We went down there as a team. That was our first race. I got to work with Ty that weekend, and uh, – me and Ty got along really well. I mean, he was a mentor. Anything that I did wrong, he could point out and help me better myself, and that that's what I needed at the time. So you had a pretty good tire guy. You had a driver mentor, and you had the family and support that we always had behind us. So that was the that was the click. So when you – kind of like right before you got hooked up with Shane, who was – your dad, was he doing the yeah, tires? Yeah, my dad was doing the tires. My my dad was building our clone motors. I mean, that, that's, my that's dad was, was like a – all, all around guy for the yeah, time I mean, he, was like he, the, he did it all yeah that's good yeah. though um and were you i mean how involved are you i don't I mean, uh, every night as, i'm in the shop i, I mean, mean do you are you involved with tires i yeah. mean did um, you I, I work with richie quite a bit during the week and i mean i learned a lot from shane about you know this the cycle i mean the, the cycle mm-hmm. is what i feel like is what today's tires are about i learned a lot about the cycle and I learned a lot about reading a go-kart tire-wise with Shane. That'll help, that helped us with now with Richie. So racing-wise, I can explain to him what I think we need to do, what, what differences we need to do on tire-wise. And, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a real big part of it. Like, I don't cut tires or any, anything real crazy like that. But, I mean, right. I, I can give my opinion on it. That's, that's about as – that's my input. I got you. I, I want to get back to the the tires and stuff from like a driver's point of view in a little bit, but um, kind of I just want to get back to um, so you you know which Ty Bass is a good guy too. Yep. And I I know I mentioned this on the podcast before that I didn't realize until a couple years later when Ty went with us to Missouri <clears throat> that Ty and Shane yeah, Bass related. Aren't, aren't related nope. or anything. It was just it's just kind of weird you yeah. know, to hear that. But um, and I mean when you see them at a racetrack, they're all family oriented. I mean all oh, yeah. of them. And you would think that they'd be brothers or something, yeah. but no, no relation. Yeah, and both really good guys yep. too, by the way. So it's it was kind of fortunate that you got hooked up with yeah, two of the I better mean, it was, people. It was a blessing in, the in sport, disguise. You know? I mean, if if 
I mean, it's scared to think of what where I would be if I hadn't, you know, hit that tower at Amelia. I mean, yeah. as, as bad as it seems, but yeah, I mean, I might not. I mean, I don't know who who else had seen us on the traveling circuit, but mm. I mean, Shane actually saw potential, and I mean, that's that was a step in its own. So right, no, absolutely, and I and so how just kind of out of curiosity, how does it feel? I mean, as you know, you've gotten a little bit older. I mean, you're you're only eighteen now, and Ty Bass is a, a little bit older than you yep. by a few years. Yep. And now, like when I look on race monitor, it's, you know, a lot of the classes, it's you and Ty Bass battling out up front. Yeah. Is, uh, that, is, that a, is that something that you feel comfortable with because you guys know that you're going to race yeah. each other clean yep, that, but hard? Yep, that's a, a comfort, I guess you could say. I mean, and me and Ty still talk. If we're at the same racetrack, I mean, we'll talk for an hour and right. just about anything. And that is a comfort, I, I would say. I mean, I've raced with Ty a lot. I've raced alongside of him. Um, we race together now. I mean, straight out of junior three, I was still with Shane. So, I mean, we still raced together quite a bit. And we could work together. And even though we're not on the same team, I mean, I feel like we still have enough trust in each other that we're there if once somebody needs each other. So Right. No, it's good to have someone like that, too. Even, you know, as you do kind of step out to some of the bigger races yep. that, you know, if you qualify 12th to 15th, but you have someone like that that's back that's there with you. you. Yeah, yep. it's just we always had – the same way with Alex and Brandon. Like, we always had one yeah. or two people that if we started around them, we just – we knew we could get to the top five yeah. with them, and then whatever happens, yep. happens. But and, um, and I mean, that's the way me and Ty are. I'd, I'm not saying that we would let each other go. I mean, we're going right. to race each other hard for sure. But right. I don't think – I don't think we'd go off in there and bonsai somebody. Wanna, I mean, me or him, I don't think we'd kill each other trying to, to win something. But – we're definitely going to race each other hard, but with respect at the same time. Right. And, I mean, some are the, what are some of the things, if you remember, like, as you were really, as you started traveling with them, and, like, what are some of the mistakes you were making that Ty was able to help you out with? Or draft. Any, with the draft. Draft used to kick my butt. I could not win draft for my life. And Ty really, he sat me down and explained it in ways because he was sitting in the go, another go-kart. So, I mean, he could explain it that I could understand. Mm-hmm. And uh, it all started at, at Brunswick. I mean, I absolutely hate Brunswick. I mean, it was way too big of a racetrack for me. I went from a bull ring in Delaware mm. to a late model track for me. And right. uh, it was a mid-Atlantic race. Mackie Flood and them were there. And uh, Devin Morgan pushed me. I mean, it was lap one. It was a 20-lap race. On lap 18, he pulled a train out, and they blew by me like I was sitting still. And, I mean, I had never really won a, a big race against somebody like Devin Morgan or kids that I was racing against at the time. And I, I was mad. For some reason, Shane and Ty just looked at it as a learning where, I mean, I was let down because I just led 18 laps of a race and I couldn't lead the two important ones mm-hmm. where uh, after after that, I mean, Ty sat me down and, you know, he explained that sometimes you're better just following somebody where I was always taught if you're faster, let them go. You know what I mean? Right. Where you still, I mean, draft, I feel like anywhere you go nowadays is, is really important and Ty could talk me through it and explain it to me in ways that if somebody was staying there watching, they couldn't really couldn't really get it to my head of what I had to do, where I had a lot of trust in Ty, too. I mean, I, I looked up to him when I was junior three, and he was the adult guy, and even Adam. I mean, Adam runs with Shane and them, and Adam, I mean, he taught me things that you would never really use around home, but when you get to some of them bigger racetracks against some of them better people, you you got to think about what your next move's really going to be. Right, and you're talking about Adam Bevel, yeah. right? Yeah, and it probably doesn't hurt either that 
you know, Shane used to race back in the day. Yeah, Shane was uh, real big in – I mean, I, I'm all flat cart now because we don't have champ carts around home, so there's really no need. But I started running a champ cart for Shane my last year Junior 3. We got a champ cart, and we ran the VDK series for the junior champ class. And Shane was my go-to for a champ cart. I mean, he'd won all kinds of races on champ cart, and he's still and always will be, I think, one of the best people to put tires on a champ cart. So that, that right. really gave us something to look forward to. Yeah, that's good. It's um, I feel like there's kind of there's kind of like a language a lot of times that people that aren't in karting just understand. So having really everyone involved, yeah. even from the top down, yeah. uh, even with your dad, you know, that was – whatever it is like helping with tires or changing yep. it's just it just makes everything flow a lot easier yeah. i think and um so that's pretty good and and you raced with you raced with shane until last year yeah i raced with shane i yeah i want to say it was 2017 the end of 2017 we had kind of things that got hectic um we he had three adult drivers i mean that's mm -hmm. that's hard to do for one one person right. when you got three go-karts you got to put tires on and you got three drivers that want to win so i mean you can't really push one guy to the side and you can't push somebody else to the side so shane had just we had decided that it was just best if we had you know we were still friends and I mean, there was no hard feelings by all means it was an understanding more than it was like an anger mm -hmm. so uh shane had actually went and talked to brian bradford before he had even talked to me and told brian he was like you know cole needs somewhere to go and i think he's got the potential and we teamed up with Brian and Steven and, you know, Chip and Chubbs and all them for the beginning of last year. Now, we went – our first race was Paradise. We went to Paradise. We were running third in the $8,000 win amateur race, and on lap five somebody decided that it was best if they wrecked us. So there went our, our right. debut. But we had really good speed, and it was the first go-kart that I had been on other than a Charger in, I mean, five years or whatever, however long we were with Shane. So mm – -hmm. It was new. I mean, I had to learn how quick a phantom would turn and, you know, different things that I could tell Steve-O and Brian to change to, to make me more comfortable. And we got we got good. I mean, we had a lot of success. We weren't winning your pro clone, but right. we were running good. Yeah. And I think that's – I mean, it sounds like you kind of, like, understand racing, that you're not just going to go out there and win races. You yeah, know absolutely. I mean? It's like – and I think that's the hard part is people get into it. And, uh, I mean – from my experience anyway there's just different levels like there's qualifying good is like for me like that's a big part like if you can yep. do that consistently then it's hard as hell to get consistently in the top 10 yes absolutely. You know, then the top five is a whole another level and then you have like the two or three people that are that just can win every weekend yeah and yeah. it's like just um how hard it is to win every once in a while or to be consistently in the top five takes years and yep. months we were talking before we um like really started started this conversation started conversation recording and stuff just like when you make a small change or like you were talking we were talking about going from the clone to the animal cart and it's just it's a process of yeah, two or three sure. months to get that extra tenth or yep. whatever you know and uh, it's it's hard for people to understand that a lot of times when you don't it, it's easier when you can see it you know and you've had the luxury yep. of being able to go with you know a couple different teams and seeing that so um i think that's just overlooked a lot you know especially dads like that with kids they think hey if i'm gonna go spend write a check for four grand i i'm gonna win it's yeah. like you write a check for four grand and like okay well you got a go-kart so yeah i think the i think the biggest thing for me was that i had my transition from juniors to seniors i had a great team behind me i mean 
a lot of kids go from junior three and think, all right, we just want everything we can in junior three. We're going to go win pro clone our first week out. Well, I, I don't think they realize how hard it really is to not only run good in an adult race, but let alone win it. And uh, I had a good team behind me, and we didn't set the world on fire our first year, but we had success. And I think a lot of people look past success. I mean, success can be anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, like you said, it all depends on your level. And if we could run top 10, top five against the people we were racing against for a kid straight out of junior three, that was good for us. Right. And uh, I think people, I wouldn't say greedy, but it's they have a win or lose mindset. And if they're not winning, then they jump around. And, I mean, nobody has any loyalty anymore, I don't, I don't think. And that's a big part of racing. No, absolutely. And you – you know, you'll see some of the top guys, like they, I mean, you've seen them all. They just, they get in a rut and whatever they're doing is not working. And some, some of them will take a break. Some of them will just grind it out, yep. but it's like, it just, you know, they're going to be back on top. Like they figured it out one time. It's just with the seasons changing and go-karts and stuff like that. It's just a constant evolution. So it's, it's hard for people to accept that sometimes. Um, yeah. Like you said, you'll see people out there and they're riding on this go-kart with that prep and then next yeah. weekend they're on a whole different motor package yep. and then preps and it's like and then one weekend they'll hit something good and it's it's kind of crazy how it's like a monkey see monkey do world yeah, i mean a lot of it gets me is i mean you see it a lot more i guess you could say in a junior than you do an adult but they'll be with a team and they'll win i mean your max daddies and all kinds of big races and sometimes they'll just up and leave like you just had success there, and nothing really went wrong. So what what caused you to to leave? You know what I mean? And right. I mean, maybe they got other issues that are going on that we don't know about. But it just it's mind blowing to think you just won one of the biggest races, and the next week you're gonna go find somebody else. Like, come on now. Yeah, it's it's weird, but I guess that's a good problem to have. Yeah. I'm, I've never really had that problem. <laughs> we just trying to grind it out. Yeah, you that's know? us. I mean, and even with Shane, if we hit a you know a tough time, everybody leaves the racetrack ticked off or upset I mean, but the hustle that you put in that week to to show up and be better the next weekend is i think that's what makes a winner a winner i mean if you give up because you're not right you're not running good or anything like that i mean you don't have character i mean struggle builds character for sure and that's a big part of it yeah and when you look at i mean when you look at who's winning the top races like they're one of they're connected to one of like one of the three or four people yep. that are like the current go-kart yeah. gods, so yep. to speak. You know I mean? They're all kind of intertwined and maybe they'll switch rides or, but they've all had that connection to someone else. Yep. And it's like, and that's for a reason, you know, it's yeah. just like, and I mean, for people like us that, I mean, we come from Delaware, that's, you don't even have a big racetrack around here. Right. And you see people like that, that they are having the success and they're, they're with the good people. You're almost more surprised if they don't win than if, they do you know what i mean like you almost expect them yeah yeah their bad weekends a third yeah ours is like an 18th yeah (laughs) exactly but you know i've always looked at like i've i would rather finish fourth at a big race to to good people than than stay home and And win win. you know i just yeah i just i want to know like how good i am yeah you know that's just how i thought i think there's a lot of people that think like that too so it's like you said it's all about what you want i mean some people try to get in in a couple of years and by the way through it and it usually doesn't work out yeah i'd, I'd for sure rather run third or something to a, a well-known person that's been doing it for a while than come and win a local show you know what i mean right. or even run second in a local show like almost it's that that would really stink i mean as much as you think about it like everybody wants to win but if you can go down there and run fourth to them your mindset's well why can't i win at home absolutely but you can't 
you can't sleep on the people around here. You know what I mean? No. They might not travel and go away, but they've got home tracks figured out, and that's that's their advantage. They run here a lot, and uh, like us, I think we've only ran like one local race this year, and mm. for us that that was every weekend. I mean, I don't know how many years ago, but right. Yeah, and that's I mean, Hammer used to always say like it's, you know, you you can go hit the traveling circuit, but winning a local race against a local driver is hard. It's man. hard. It's hard. Yeah. It's just as hard as it is going Absolutely. away. And, uh, you know, everyone has like the little tips and tricks and every once in a while, like on the old, like back in the day on the nationals and, uh, there would be like possum kingdom. It'd be so late. Like as the dew starts to fall and there would just be like a couple local guys that, that would become heroes. Yeah. And it's yeah. just like every track kind of has like their person that and once the track gets to a point, it's just like, they, they've done it enough to yeah. know, like they know exactly where to go and stuff. But, um, on just, just out of curiosity, any, any, uh, any big differences that you felt or really saw, like going from the Charger to the Phantom? I mean, not better or worse, just yeah. I mean, difference at all. I think they some of them they turn different. You know, what I mean, I, I feel like a, a Charger is a lot. I wouldn't say a lot harder on the front end, but I feel like it makes you get up on the wheel a lot more than what what a Phantom does. I feel like a Phantom kind of drives like a Cadillac compared to what the right. Legacy did. I mean. I haven't ran a Prodigy or anything of that Chargers came out with new, mm-hmm. and I haven't ran a Deuce for Phantom either. But right. I know they're older, they're older, a little bit older go karts. I wouldn't even call them old because we're still running recons and stuff. But right. uh, I feel like a Charger was just it would throw you over in the seat a lot harder to be fast than what a, a Phantom does. I gotcha. Yeah, and that's I mean that's an interesting point you just brought up too. I forgot that uh, you know Richie was talking about. You know he's really kind of kind of just waiting to see how the whole deuce plays out i mean not that he's doubting it but yeah it, you know i mean you guys are running winning running pro races we are yeah recon i mean uh you know i know some guys down south that are you know they're eventually the deuce is going to get figured out but until they do sometimes there's a lot of back and forth yep. and and you don't get a lot of time really you know i mean when you're racing for a couple grand here and there or even a couple hundred bucks um and when you so what motors do you run right now uh they were PMPs. I mean, Jonathan Cash built built all our all our clones when we went for Bradford, and we just kind of stuck with him. And mm-hmm. then uh, with the animal deal, uh, Rick Huffman, Huffy, Hustler Powers, putting the animal on the side of the animal good cart. So uh, gotcha. That's cool. And so you um so you're running PMP on the clone stuff, and so Jonathan he's riding a Premier now, Premier, right? Yeah. So I guess so. You're not even before that. He was riding Millennium. Yeah, I think right. Yeah. So I don't. He's one of the the guys that I don't know how he does it. I mean, we went to a couple races with Brian last year. That Cash would have six different manufacturers in the coming out of the trailer. I mean, he'd have him. He'd be riding a Millennium himself. He'd have like Cody Oliver on a recon, and he'd have somebody else bring something else over there, and he's putting tires on. And it's like, how does he do it? Right. Yeah, that's a way to prove a point that yeah. you're, it's your tire prep and not the chassis. Yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah, it seems like anymore a lot of it's you almost kind of buy the package type deal. Yep. Like you either get the the Phantom Pink Magic, Pink Magic or whatever, yeah. and I, and not there's anything wrong with that. It's just that just seems how it goes. You know, like just like back in the day, you'd have the Phantom Todd Miller, yeah. or whatever yeah. it is. You know, and um, so when you're running, I guess so this year you're probably I mean you're up there in points and stuff like that for Virginia and PA. Uh, what are did you guys have any goals that you put together at the beginning of the year? I mean, any. I mean, be successful. Just, I mean, successful can be anybody. Ha- everybody has a different opinion of successful. But I mean, for a team like us, I mean, running good is success for us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We would love to win every time we go to a racetrack. Everybody would. But just running good and being competitive 
and your points and even pro classes that's that's our goal um it'll it might change throughout the year i mean when we get in a, if we get in a slump i mean top five might be our our success so i mean but right now we just we want to keep running good be competitive and be able to run with your your big teams you so you and richie are about 45 minutes or an hour away i guess how um would you mind like just because I don't know even know is the go kart stuff at your place? Yeah, how do, just, uh, can you take the, me through like a, yeah, a normal uh, week of how you guys kind of work it out? All the go kart stuff's at it's at my house. We have a pretty big um, I wouldn't say big shop, but I mean, we've built on. Um, mm-hmm. We have a shop, and then his go kart stays there. The animal go kart actually it it isn't mine. For those that don't know, it's Richie's go kart. Mm-hmm. He owns it, and uh, I just take care of it and get the pleasure to sit in it. And uh, all the go kart stuff stays at my house. The tires stay at my house, and uh, Richie comes over i mean every week seems different i mean some nights he'll be there on some weeks he'll be there monday tuesday wednesday some week you won't see him till thursday so but uh usually we try to work together two to three days a week um just get tires sorted out uh i'm I'm a person that i get go-karts washed and cleaned on sunday as early as i can and i get them put back together monday if not tuesday um so that is most of the time done and then we just tires to work on and scale out for wherever we're we're headed but uh that's something that i mean i'm really grateful for for richie is he does drive an hour to come work on a tire or to sit a go-kart on the scales i mean some some of your people wouldn't they don't have enough you know will to come and help help somebody like that and i mean richie if you call him and say hey i need help he's usually there and uh I think a benefit of it is Richie's always helped Michaela and ripping them, and I'm about 15 minutes from them. So if he is at rips and I do need something, he can just jump on over real quick. But, yeah, I mean, kind of feel bad at times because he, he does have to come to us, but everything's taken care of usually when he gets there. So, Does he leave a lot of – I mean, does he leave you a list of, hey, man, flip these tires, yeah, yeah, he'll, prep this. He'll sit them out in areas of the shop or the trailer and – you know, he'll he'll call me at midnight on Tuesday night and tell me what to do. And Wednesday when I get <laughs> off work, it's like, well, he's got a pile here and a pile here. What am I supposed to do? So right. I always have to call him back and ask him again. But uh, yeah, he'll leave me stuff to work on if if go karts are done and stuff. But if I if I got a lot going on that week, then he usually he'll let me let me be. He'll give me the week off. I gotcha. That's good. And I I'm sure like probably going from even like with Bass and then Bradford and Adams and. And Richie, they probably all do things a little bit different. Yep, they do. And I and and with Shane and with Bradford, um, once a week I'd go to Bradford's and scale and I mean, help with anything that I really needed help with. But when I was running for Shane, we scaled at the racetrack. I mean, I I was three and a half hours away from the go kart that I was going to run Saturday, so I didn't really have a big part. Which they all all races mean a lot. But now that me and Richie are hustling it out in the shop and you know we're we're grinding for it, it it just makes some of these wins. Mm-hmm mean a little bit more i guess you could say but every every win means a lot especially coming from from where we've came from and where i started right yeah absolutely i mean when you have more invested in it it's just going to be more of a connection yeah. you know it's like uh just like anything else I mean, you got the drivers that are working out you got the tire guys that like you know it's just it takes a lot of pieces yep. to the puzzle and um and that's pretty good when you like going from I mean, driving for different guys and things like that 
do they all use kind of different like when they're describing something or talking about the track is it all kind of like a different terminology and you had to kind of learn like everyone has like their little things that they mean and what what exactly they're trying to say and kind yeah. of relate uh, to you with shane and them they were they were always more tire oriented which i mean you you had to be in in those couple of years i mean mm-hmm. it's everything's changed over time so i mean i it's not like I was in the same time period with all three teams. But, right, right. Absolutely. But with Shane, tires was, I mean, that that was our main focus. I mean, we explained, he explained the grip a lot different than, than what I had grown up with. Because, I mean, Shane was the first really team and experience that I had outside of, you know, around Delaware. So, I came in, I don't know, one of the first weeks, and I was like, Shane, like, it's tight. Like, and my, my tight was that it was pushing. And Shane, you know, he was like, well, is it tight? Is you got too much grip? Is it tight? And uh, all that stuff was over my head. I was thinking, like, what is this guy talking about? <laughs> so uh, Shane was, like, really really tire-oriented, and, and I think that, that led to being explained to talk to Steven, you know, when, when that happened. And I can explain tire stuff to Richie now because I, I can feel if the go-kart's too almost locked down or if we have too much grip or if I think we're not wiping the right stuff. And So, I mean, it all started, but I think it all can – it can all translate to any of the three that I've had to work with. I mean, I'm not sure how somebody else would work, but for the three I've worked with, luckily they can understand what I'm, what I'm speaking at them. That's good. And what, what are some of the conversations now with Richie? Like when you, when you come off the track, what are some of the things that, um, you know, if anyone else is listening, you know, just listening and stuff like that, like what are some of the conversations or things that he'll ask you? Um, I mean, a grip is is always and always has been that's usually our first thing like i can usually point out as soon as we roll on the racetrack if we have enough grip if we don't have enough grip and then how long tires will last in a run is like a really a really big part for us i mean we don't have we have a lot i mean i'm, I'm grateful for all that we do have but we don't have so many duplicate sets of stuff so I mean, we might run a, a tire, and it might give out a little bit after halfway. So, I mean, I'll tell him what the go-kart's done different after halfway. So, that way, it may, Richie knows a lot more about the thickness and how thick tires need to be and how thin they need to be and a lot more of that than what I have ever had to know. So, I can tell him what it's doing, certain parts of the races. And, I mean, race monitors, Richie's best friend at a racetrack. I mean, he, right. he checks that anytime we go on the racetrack. So, between what I can tell them, the go-kart's doing certain parts to the run, and, and with times, usually we come to a conclusion of, of what we need to do. But uh, that's a, a real big part is uh, definitely what the go-kart's doing at, at certain times of the, of the race. Gotcha. And do you have, even like with the clone to the to the animal, are you guys pretty much having the same conversation? Yeah, I mean, we, we try to talk it through. I mean, obviously they're a little bit different, but tire-wise, we, we pretty much talk to – talk the same i mean every time we come off the racetrack we pretty much have the same conversation like we have certain bullets we hit that mm-hmm. will come up of what it did here you know what what did it take for it to fire off things like that but right and how does your your dad i mean when you you and your dad i guess richie's doing the tires kind of during the yep. day like at the race day itself and you and your dad are just kind of maintaining the go yeah i mean my dad's and non-stop i mean i wish i could <clears> give him the credit that he deserves but i mean my dad's i don't think i've seen him sit down at a racetrack in two months I mean, <laughs> ever since we got we started he's just he's non-stop but i mean anything with gear changing oil i mean air filter to blowing the go-karts off so we look halfway presentable sitting on the grid i mean he right. just he does it all and then when we come i mean we've only ran local once but local races richie's 
helps some more people locally. So, I mean, I let him help them people because I, I get the pleasure of working with them every weekend. So my dad will take back over on the prep pad and we'll work together. Just me and him trying to figure something out for some of the, the local shows that we run. Gotcha. And where did your well, Richie's number, I guess the go-kart you ride for that is number one. Yep. Now for everything else, is it your number, which is double zero? Yeah. I mean, double zero came, came from my dad. My dad ran a micro that was number zero for a guy. And, uh, my dad always messes or, messes around with me uh they always called i want to say his name was ernie low and it was the double o of ernie low so i mean <clears> since <throat> a young age my dad's always messed with me about that that that's where it came from but i think it was a number that my dad he ran a go-kart or a micro at one time that was double zero and that just stuck and uh of course my first go-kart was his last go-kart so it had double zero strapped on the side of it and that's just kind of kind of stuck i gotcha i gotcha and you generally have a yellow go-kart it was with shane with shane and then before shane it was all i mean my dad's colors are black and orange oh. i mean i've just kind of taken over what my dad i got you. and then with shane it was yellow so with bradford it was back to black with i mean everything's wraps and stuff nowadays where yeah i mean we were always playing we had two double zeros on a black body and you rode with it right yeah i think those are the best ones too yeah. by the way what uh so what are your i guess you're going to be, you said you're really kind of, you'd like to move up maybe eventually, but, you know, at least for the foreseeable future, you're going to kind of, like, maybe dabble in the micros yeah. and Yeah, I want to get carts. experience in them before I really, I mean, that's a lot of money to just up and sell out of a go-kart and, and buy something like that because right. I guarantee we're going to tear it up multiple times before we find success in it. I mean, that's with, with anything that you get into real different, but, right. I mean, I don't really have any plans that are, that are set in stone. I mean, I want to race. I mean, mm -hmm. it. You could give me a bicycle if go karts wasn't an option anymore, and I'd go go try to race the bicycle. But right. I mean, anything that I can get in, I'd I'd love to expand my what I've done. And I mean, I, I want to look back on it later in life and say, you know, that time I ran that micro, or you know, stuff like that. Any any big races coming up later in the year that you kind of had your eye on, or you're kind of like hoping you get to at least get to? Yeah, um, I mean, me and me and Richie were talking about it the other night. Uh, the Brandon Denochik Memorial up in Pennsylvania, I've always seen they give out a bizarrest helmet. And yeah. uh, I mean, I won the Junior Max Daddy, and that was the helmet, but I mean, the helmet will never see sunlight. But right. I mean, I've seen that seen that race, and it, it doesn't look like you have a lot of your big teams, but the people that have won it and that, that run good at that racetrack, I think it's like Flat Run Speedway in, in northern Pennsylvania, they run good. And I mean, they're they're hard to beat. So, I mean, I would love to go up there, and even if we don't, you know, win or bring home that bizarre helmet <clears throat> i'd love to go up there and just it's for a great cause and and races that are memorials and stuff like that they mean a lot more to me i mean even if i didn't know him but those races i think they they mean more when you cross the checkered flag right is that a maxi race or is that it's open tire rule open so, tire rule so, so, so it'll I mean, be we, maxis we go with you? some maxis but yeah yeah i mean i don't i don't know what those guys normally run i mean i know pennsylvania's burst state but Right. Some of them races up there. Some people run Vegas. The north, farther north you get, so I, mean, I don't know what we'd be getting ourselves into, mm -hmm. honestly. But yeah, you'd be, we'd you'd go be, for it. <laughs> you would be doing it, man. Yeah, no doubt. There was um. <laughs> never mind. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I was gonna say that it's when Brandon won the the Lucas Oil race. We were at um. Oh, at I guess Iron City, which yep. is, I guess now what's it called now? Um. Uh, they had the no big idea. O there. Uh, Patriot. 
Patriots Speedway. That's right. Yeah. And um, so we were there, and like we were getting ready to go out on the track, and it had been raining and stuff. So at the same time, it's kind of back when they were running Firestones, and there's only two people. It was open tire roll, and there's only two people on the whole grid that had maxis on. It was us and Matt Bowling because yep. we were we were hooked up with. Andy Murray at the time, and he's like, man, I just think these are going to be the better yeah. tires, like, at the end of the race, like, and uh, we ended up, we actually ended up finishing second, the, the guy that won got uh, pitched out of tech for I something, li- I think something little yeah. like you, like, nothing, nothing intentional. Nothing nobody did on purpose. No, nah, it was another miss you yeah. guy, I mean, it, I think, I think it was Dustin Day, maybe, I can't remember, but, you know, we won the race, was like, we kind of felt bad, too, because yeah. we didn't really win it, but uh, the last, probably, like, the last six or seven laps, Brandon ran him down by, like, a half straightaway. And he was like going underneath them at the checker, but he was on Firestones that we were on Maxis, Maxis. man. It's like ever since that day, man. Even before then, Andy Murray, as far as tires go, um, he's he's pretty legit too. Even back in the day with bowling, so. yeah. But um, you just never know, man. You get there and you hit the right tire. Yeah, like I mean, said, I don't yeah. think. I mean, I know that brands of tires, and you know, some of them like Hoosiers. I mean, we run those when we go to Atlantic City for the concrete race. That's like only really like synthetic rubber. I think we ever mess with like stuff like that. So. But they're all fast. I mean, if you if you do the right thing to any of them, you can get them to work for sure. Yeah, and I've always kind of been a big believer. Like you're probably going to be better on the tire you know than trying to figure out what everyone yeah, else absolutely. is on. You know, for better, you may be the best you can do as a third. Yeah. But you know, at least you know you'll be third instead of eighth. Yeah. So, and uh, <laughs> uh, any, what are some of your favorite tracks that you? I know you haven't been to a whole lot, but you've been to been to a bunch of places rather be go-karts or micros yeah, um what uh, are what are some of your favorite tracks i mean it m- people that, that that know what i'm talking about dover i mean fairland acres was my absolute favorite racetrack i mean it was the close, asphalt version or the no, dirt, dirt, dirt. I, okay. I was i wasn't around for the asphalt version i heard it was pretty scary fast so uh-huh. i'm kind of thankful i wasn't around for that one right but uh yeah i mean i i, I loved dover that was it, it would get down i mean it it would make your local people work for it, but at the same time, somebody that did travel, I mean, I had to work for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Dover. When we went we went to Batesville with Shane, that was awesome. I mean, any indoor race is, is pretty cool. But, I mean, there's a few races throughout the year that, that they stand out. Like Atlantic City, I had mentioned it earlier, that's, that's an awesome race. Um, just the ones, races that you can't go to every weekend, I, I mean, I feel like they really stand out. And the racetracks that they're usually out, they're usually at aren't, your ones that you're at every week or you go to real often so mm-hmm. but uh dirt wise i i'm fairly anchors and batesville are probably my two my two yes. favorite racetracks yeah and every once in a while the the dover track you're talking about fairly anchors it's it's only a few miles from the dover air force base which is right yep. there near dover downs Planes fly over and yeah it's pretty i mean the they trees. land right over top yeah. of it yeah and i know sometimes like during the nascar weekend they would always be a couple random nascar yep. guys or bush guys we, out uh, there um, Max Robichaud with First State Crane, he's sponsored J.J. Yaley for, I mean, years on years. And uh, one night we were up at Dover, and I actually – I wasn't even racing. I was, at the, I was at the NASCAR track with Max, and Max said, somebody's at the racetrack that, that's got a go-kart that we're going to put you in. And I was thinking, hey, huh, what's wrong with going to sit in something? And, I mean, I was sitting on the grid. I think it was for the heat race, and J.J. Yaley walked up and, like, shook my hand or something. And it was like, why is this guy at this backyard racetrack? I mean – for those that you don't know, you go through a trailer park to get into Fairlane Acres. <laughs> I mean, and you had right. a NASCAR driver standing on the grid looking at you. It's kind of like, where'd you come from? Right. Yeah, I mean, that's always cool, man. It's always, yeah. you know, it's not a big track. I mean, they, but there would be a couple hundred people there, and it was just yeah. cool to have, like, yep. a NASCAR guy. It was your true fun racetrack. I mean, 
Shane and them came up, I don't know, a countless countless number of times. And I mean, Shane ran there a couple times. Mm. Ty ran a 50 lapper with mm-hmm. us one time. Squeaky was out there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it was just, it was fun. You could go to a racetrack and you want to win and you could be competitive, but you didn't have the stress of, all right, if I put half a pound too much air in this tire right here, we're going to be two tenths slow or, you know, I mean, like it, it eliminated a lot of the stress that some of these <clears throat> other racetracks go to. No, absolutely. And I mean, as far as go kart racing goes, you know, not only this year but in whatever future you may have left in it. I mean, what are do you have any like personal goals that you really? Uh, I mean, obviously you want to win every race and yeah. stuff like that. But I mean, is there anything like in in the back of your mind like that you really? I mean, I've always wanted one of them orange Maxis jackets. That's always been like a a goal. But I mean, we haven't been in nationals in probably five years. So right. I mean, but that's something that you you always strive after. I mean, I love big trophies and stuff like that so i mean races that that give you a little bit more than just your trophy check or something like that i always i, I look that's a goal to win but i mean nothing right off the top of my head says i gotta go win this before i move on to something else i mean right i mean you've you've already had a lot of success you yeah know? i mean you haven't gone on a two hundred thousand dollar a nah, year where you nah. want them or anything crazy but i mean but i mean for where we came from and stuff and i mean man i'm very blessed and humbled to be where i'm at I yeah mean, and, I, and like I mean there's there's many people that i mean me and my dad helped many local junior drivers i mean a lot of people don't know that but i mean we scale go-karts my dad builds a lot of motors for a lot of people around here and uh helping kids like that and just i mean that means a lot to me because at one time i was that kid that was going to somebody else's shop and junior one day scaling a go-kart and helping kids like that that that's success for myself like uh i I wouldn't call myself a mentor, but I mean, I was with Colin James and them. I mean, right along his side when right. when he was growing up, and to see him, I mean, he won a Junior Max Daddy, and a lot of these races. I mean, they're always on the road. I mean, they travel mm-hmm. five times more than we do, but right. to see him go to like Tri County and win like a Pro Junior Three race or something like that, that just mm-hmm. it, it hits the heart for sure. I mean, what was a, just a younger kid that looked up to me at the racetrack? It, he's now a little brother. I mean, right. love that kid. That's good. Is he still running with Shane and those Yeah, guys? he's running with Shane. And yeah. uh, even races that Shane and them don't go to, I mean, Bud's been, uh, Bud Steele's been around yeah. it long enough that they go on their own and they're still still competitive. I and mean, it's awesome. Bud Steele, I'm trying to get you on here. <laughs> no, I've actually, we've talked a little bit. I talked to Shane Bass a little bit about yeah. getting on here and, Hopefully, when uh, you know when the season's not so wild and crazy, it's it's a lot to to go out race and work all week and then do a podcast. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. If you get the couple of days where you don't have to think about go karts. Yeah. The last thing you want to do is come yeah. on here and talk to me for two hours. So I'm, so I have to get a lot of those guys on there. I know even like with Mister Bud going back in the day with like yeah, I mean uh, stories. He can, yeah, I mean with stories back with Ricky Elliott yeah. uh, racing go kart. I mean, I was talking to Kevin Colburn a little like off the uh like off the podcast yeah. and stuff and um it's just someone he really wanted me to get on yep. there too and uh, i've when ashton was running i remember going over there to uh the modified shop for jj yep. shop and i don't know if he's if he works there how that's yeah, he, yeah he still works for jay and uh i just with mr bud man i just i always loved their trailer like the way it was designed and stuff yep. like he had probably the best setup trailer for like a it wasn't a huge trailer but it's you know 18 20 yeah, footer extra height yeah Oh, I love that trailer. And yeah. uh, the other thing is, and I took tires over for Ashland one day, and I talked to him a little bit at the race shop. It's like I, if I could picture myself having a race shop, like a legit, like it would be as clean as that shop. Yeah, Everything would be setup. organized. Like that's yeah. the type of racing like I like to do. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, people always like mess around about it, but I guarantee 
If you were to drop a piece of food on that floor in that race shop, <laughs> you could pick it up and eat it and not have a worry in the world. I yeah. mean, you walk in the door and you're almost blinded because the lights like shine off the floor in yeah. your face. And I, I think that there's something to be – and not that that works for everyone. I mean, I've seen people thrashing with shit everywhere. But yeah. at the same time, I think when you have everything in a place, it's less to Absolutely. take your mind off what you're really trying yep. to focus on. And I, I think it's the same with a clean desk. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, probably with you for studying and stuff. You know, if you're yeah, like that, you probably I'm, have I'm to real have, like, organized. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just, you know, the more stuff you have out on the table, it's it's uh, it's just harder to kind of concentrate on what you're trying yeah. to do. Uh, getting close to the end here, but, I, you know, do you have any any stories, any memories, um, anything that really pops up that we haven't talked about so far? Um, like I said, I try not to really research too much into people. I mean, I, yeah. I've, known, I've seen you race since you're little, but... um. I mean, is there anything that really sticks out, some favorite memories that maybe you and your, you know? Yeah, I mean, just a lot of it's where I started. I mean, it, it's mind-blowing to see where we're winning at. I mean, not even not even the winning part, but just the, the success that we've had, where we've gone. I mean, that means a lot to me. I mean, thinking back to days where I was running an, an open in somebody's backyard racing against adults when I was 10 years old. I mean, mm-hmm. that was a, a major win to me because I, I won against an adult where now – I can go down and, and run with your, you know, Cody Carlton and Austin Wyatt and people like that at some of these mm-hmm. races we go to, it's crazy how time has changed what what a win means to you. And uh, I've I, in go kart racing, I think I I'm absolutely the most backyard grown up redneck <laughs> that that's probably in in go kart racing. I mean, when I was with Shane, he used to talk about where he grew up, like Johnson County and some of those racetracks like that, and then. Uh, one Saturday, Shane and them were up here. It might have actually been a Sunday, and I took him to Club Milton. And I was like, you, you talk about where you started. I'm going to take you to where I started. And he couldn't believe it. And uh, I mean, it's it's just crazy of, of where I did start and where. I mean, started in my backyard, really, and then right. went to somebody else's backyard. Yeah, and just to put this in perspective for people listening to this outside of Delaware, Club Milton, a little bit smaller than Fairlane Acres, but Club Milton is probably – about the same size as most of the indoor tracks, if not smaller. I would say it fits in the at least in the infield of Williamston for sure. Oh uh, yeah, I mean it's just, it's and it's a I'm, really good like RC a, track. Yeah, until like a year ago, they had a tree coming out of turn <laughs> four that if you hit the corner right, you'd jump the root of the tree. So uh, yeah, now that it's, just puts it into perspective. It, now it's one of the better places. It's almost like a little campground. I mean, it's got yeah. big trees around it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you can still drink there, but. You can go there and throw down. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's a party with yep. a little race going yeah, on absolutely. too. You know, and uh, and actually good racing. I mean, you, you can't get by anybody without running them over. Yep. But and, it, it's and exciting. I, and I don't think there's a stock class at this racetrack. I yeah, mean, it's, now they've got quarter midgets there. I mean, that just that puts into perspective of how small it is. But I don't think there's a stock go kart, and right. I guarantee there's not a go kart newer than probably 2010 that rolls out of the back of the guy's truck <coughs> when he gets there. And probably everybody leaving is as happy as we are yep, after, uh, after a weekend yep. down south. And they don't even have to win. They they run third with their – and their blogzilla is not going to blow up, and that's a win for them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're, you're on Vegas that are on narrow wheels and stood up like a car tire. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, though. But, you know, it takes everybody. And I, th- I think there are a lot more tracks like that than we know about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Someone from down south or even Virginia, they wouldn't know about yeah, those tracks. Yeah, a place that looks really cool to me that, I mean – you, they don't have any really big races that go there, but I think I'd like Millbridge. Like it, it's not like a real big racetrack, and <clears throat> you have your people that run there weekly, and and they're hard to beat. And then I, I think that'll be a cool one just to make a. Did you see they had like the little all star race yeah. the other night with yeah. like the announcing and um who, 
who's a NASCAR driver? My oh, Kyle Larson raced like yeah. a micro or it's uh, winged outlaws. They got like five hundred like Kawasaki motors on them or something. That yeah, I like them on uh, Facebook. I'm not sure who runs that. Is it Chris? Um, I'm not sure, but I was actually going to post something on my Facebook page about trying to get whoever runs that or yeah. I know just on I there. know Chris Say has like a real big open deal, but I don't think he has anything to do with the outlaw cart like organization itself. Um, I know Harold's got one now. I mean, Harold's he winged pro- out yeah, producing them. So yeah, so I I like to I like to figure out who um you know if anyone's listening, shoot me a message yeah. on who who runs Millbridge and stuff. It just looks like. It's kind of like a cool thing. It seems like they do yeah. a lot for and, and it's the all sport. out too. I mean, yeah. I mean, a lot of the races are recorded and stuff. Like, yeah. like they go all out. Yeah, I think. And I like the segments. Like, yeah. some like uh, not too long ago, they had like a fifty lap, hundred lap predator race or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had Knopf and Yarbrough there, but still, it was like yeah. they had breaks and pit stops and like stuff yeah. like that. Like that's unique. And it was and, ran- I think that. The all-star race was on, like, a Tuesday night or yeah. something. I mean, I look on there. Yeah. I think Steven Adams is like, I'm on my way or something. I'm like, yeah. what? It's Tuesday. Like, what the hell yeah. is going on here? And I think that's also cool. I mean, we don't have anywhere around here that, that runs during the week. I mean, right. like, Tuesday, me and, me and Richie road-tripped it to Bridgeport for the World of Outlaws. Right. I mean, you can go to a stock car track if you're lucky around here during the yeah. week. But we don't have any go-kart tracks that, that really race during the week. Yeah. That's funny, man. It's funny you say that because it's. I was thinking earlier. I was like, man, because I, I just, it, it just seems like they do a lot of cool things, yeah. man. And, and not that not no one else does, but I, mean, I, know. I don't think we've had a, a racetrack that raced in the middle of the week since like what Middle Ford, and that yeah, and I, that was before it was called DKC. Like that was the legit Middle Ford. That was yeah, probably like two thousand six, two thousand seven, maybe. I mean, that yeah, was a, a while ago. Yeah, definitely. I remember back in the day, um, when I first started racing, like in the late. 80s <laughs> early 90s we um we used to race i mean it was at piney neck speedway we raced on the weekends until school was out yeah and then we raced on tuesday nights but like i was always pretty big into baseball so like i would i would miss the heat races yeah. be changing the back up. seat yeah, yeah just show up well, there's only like four or five go-karts but um yeah which is kind of coming from a different perspective as a parent it's hard yeah. <laughs> you know even friday nights i think are hard See, that, um, that's where we always that's what we ran into i mean my dad's a farmer i mean that, that's a hard hard occupation to just up and leave to go somewhere and this tonight he might work till five thirty, but tonight tomorrow night he might not get out of the field till nine o'clock so right. like that was hard for us to make friday night shows like getting off at five thirty. a lot of them start practice at six o'clock yeah i mean we're 45 minutes from about 45 35 minutes from del mar I mean, Milton, we can make two in, in 20 minutes, but not that we – I mean, we go there every once in a while now. I mean, go yeah. have a little fun. I was actually – I was getting I was getting my hair cut down at Lewis, and it's like – I and the lady cut my hair, and, she's, and she was talking about – I said something about going to the races with um with Alex White tomorrow to the Tri-County race for the G-Man, and she's like, oh, yeah, go-karts, like Club Milton. Yeah. And she's Romanian, and, uh, like, her husband lives – I mean, it's like – but just yeah. random people and, that you wouldn't the, even think The crazy be part is a lot of your – like people in your community that do know about a racetrack in our area, it comes to Milton. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Like you have people that are like, Oh yeah. You know, over there behind that guy's house. It's yeah. Like, yeah. That's it. Like there's yeah. an actual racetrack, like right off 13. If you go to Delmar, but you know, the backyard place is pretty cool too. I mean, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. For anyone listening, we've just gone ahead and turned this into a promotion. for yeah. Club <laughs> uh, Oh man. Um, <laughs> Where are we now? Sure. <laughs> I mean, anything, uh, I don't, I mean, anything that you would say, I mean, you're, like I said, you're right in college. I mean, you, 
Did you graduate high school last year? Yeah, I graduated last year. So you're you're kind of like in that transition period where even for myself, man, I'll be honest, like I kind of just other things, girl, like I kind of like got out of racing for a couple of years yeah. and kind of got back into it. it. I mean, all that's crossed my mind, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And honestly, right after high school, like I sat, I was, I don't know if I was driving one day or something, and it came to mind. It was like high school is over, you know, I, did, I went to my senior prom. That was, and that was because my parents like forced me to, I think I left Del Mar and went to prom like right. a dirt ball. <laughs> and, uh, like I, I, I do regret like not being more involved, I guess you could say, but I would not trade what I've done and, and the racing career that I've got for the world. Like I'm just grateful to be where I am. I mean, even if I didn't have some of the opportunities, I, you could catch me at Del, Del Mar on a Saturday night or something. I mean, I'd still be, still be racing as much as I can. Right. No, absolutely, man, and um, and it's a good time for you to race too. I mean, it's it you're not going to get the opportunity and the freedom that you're going to have for the next couple of years, probably. Yep. And you know, when I traveled, I started really traveling. I mean, I, for ten years, you know, like I just I went wherever and yep. did everything. And but when it was time to have a kid, I was like, I felt like I did everything I yep. wanted to do, and it's uh, and and that's what I mean. You know, girls comes up and all that. Yeah, like you got to find somebody that's willing to be to be open with you go gone on the weekends and yeah i mean some nights i don't get out of shop till midnight one o'clock and i mean i wake up at six o'clock the next day and, right. and keep on trucking on so you gotta find somebody that either wants to support it or you just sometimes you just gotta live your live your young age while you got it and yeah you might as well man yeah. it's um it, and like i said it'll all work out it's um i don't know <laughs> but you know it is what it is like some people like my wife now she could care less about go-kart racing but for me like that was fine because i could go away and yep. not have to worry about it yep. you know like i i see you always see like the junior drivers and like they go and it's like you know the dad's real into it the mom could give a shit yep. less and it's like it just it becomes a big argument stuff yeah. too man with that because it's you know racing's expensive and then it, and then so. i mean it's always nice when you see like a mom that is there like yeah because that that was kind of rare at like one point in time like if you see a kid's mom at a racetrack nowadays like right dang <laughs> and i mean especially if they're washing tires yeah that's just something sexy yeah. about that <laughs> <laughs> oh man so uh i don't know see so your so your dad is i mean really instrumental in in really getting you started i mean he was into it um yeah you know for better or for worse he's not here today is there anything that you'd uh, like to say about him or no, I mean, anything I, I mean he probably knows i mean yeah, you guys I just, are tight i would definitely not be where i am without him yeah I mean, that him and my grandfather i mean everybody knows my grandfather is the funny old dude that walks around the racetrack i mean <laughs> he just he's always joking and he doesn't care who you are he's gonna talk to you right and uh i think it was like mid 90s or so i mean a lot of people probably remember it but rnc clark shop i mean that was that yeah. was my dad and my grandfather and the other night i some people don't know. I mean, my dad still builds motors for, like I said, the local people. And right. I even got into it for a little while when I had free time. I mean, I, I built a flathead, and I think I won, like, a pro race around here on it or something. Mm -hmm. And the other night, I was going through old boxes. I mean, we got pictures and stuff from the old days, which, I mean, I wish I could have lived through that and just and see it. Like, right. I wish I could have been there. But uh, I found an old flathead tin. That, I mean, like, an old one that it was curved it wasn't like real square like today's flathead tins mm -hmm. are and it had an rnc sticker on it and like that that just makes you think like my dad was in his prime before i came into this world like it's, right. it, it kind of sounds sad but like and i mean he was in his prime micro racing too and then he had that kid that wouldn't leave him alone about racing and he he had to give it up and i mean that that's something to be grateful for yeah you see a lot of kids that 
if they do have a dad or, I mean, an aunt or an uncle or something that's real deep and in, involved into racing, they don't want to give it up. Where, I mean, right. I was fortunate enough, my dad, he didn't think twice about it. I mean, he was all about it for, for me. And I'm, if I want to race, I mean, the first person I go to and thank is my dad. I mean, for sure, he's – without him, I mean, who knows where I'd be. Yeah, And when you were – you were talking about motors and stuff. I know when Kevin Colburn did the podcast with me, he was talking about there, there for a while. He and I don't know if you know why he thought this, but he's like, yeah, I thought I, he was thinking that you were going to be like the next person to kind of be like the engine builder, cart yeah, shop I mean, guy around yeah, here. I mean, I would be all for it. I mean, there's nothing that would that would prevent me from it. But uh, I mean, just with school and stuff, obviously it doesn't right. doesn't work out. But any free time, like. I mean, I, I get in the shop and I'll help my dad. I mean, he's got a list of motors on the wall now that people want rebuilt and stuff that are sitting in the floor of the shop. But, uh, I mean, I'll take them down. I mean, I'll strip them down. I'll do the block work and stuff. So all he's got to do is pretty much put it back together. Right. I mean, some stuff I'll even build build myself, like, uh, has no relevance to go-kart racing. But my grandfather, like, his rotor tiller blew up or something a couple weeks ago. And right. one day I got out of school and I went and rebuilt his rotor tiller motor. Like, mm-hmm. I'm... Anything that can do with a motor, like hands-on, is that's I love to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. take it's like a an exit from I guess you could say the real world. Like it's a stress relief when yeah. you can't can't race on a Wednesday night, so you might as well do something involved, hands-on. So right, absolutely, and I'm sure even to some point with I mean, you have a lot going on between racing and you know school. School is stressful, you know. What I mean, yeah. it's yep. you know, you're trying to get through it, and um, and I'll add the caveat that probably radiology is a lot better career than go kart building, <laughs> but um, but I mean it's almost like a Almost like a movie meditation for you, you know, like you're only focused on the motor, you're rebuilding yep. for your grandfather, yep. and it's like you don't have to worry about, you know, cleaning your room or flipping yeah. tires for Richie yeah. or, yep. what, you know, or schoolwork or homework. And I mean, that keeps him busy, too. I mean, Richie's always got something that he wants to do, and I mean, me and Richie haven't really, I mean, I've always always looked up to Richie before we, we teamed up. I mean, mm-hmm. when I was running for Richie Walls and Outlaw and stuff, I mean, Hornsby Park next to us at Domar. And it was him and Corey Lewis, and they had, I don't know, it was like an eight-foot red trailer. didn't have a ramp. They just kind of piled the stuff in there. And, like, seeing Richie on a racetrack when he did run with, you know, he had that plain helmet, but everything he had was always so clean. And he texted, I mean, when he texted me and asked if I'd run for him, like, that was like, that was like an accomplishment, you know what I mean? That was right. like, wow, like, Richie Hornsby just sent me a text message. Yeah. And uh, that's led to, like, a, a brotherhood. I mean, me and Hornsby... There's a couple of year difference in our age. I mean, we're not going to yeah. get into that, but I mean, mm-hmm. we he comes over and we go fishing together. I mean, we went to Bridgeport the other night. Like, right. we're always always together. That's good, man. He's a good guy. He's uh, he's gotten better with age too. Yeah, you know, I've seen him getting some <laughs> some stuff on the track yeah. a little bit, but um, like everything else, man, you're you're not going to be the same person you are in ten years. Yeah. And not that. You know, not that you're going to be better in every way, but, um, you know, we all just get older and let let small yeah. things slide that we probably that wouldn't. One of the first races I ran with Hornsby, I'd, I had a hothead moment, and I made a move on the racetrack that, I mean, sometimes I regret it. Sometimes I think, you know, that was the right move to make right. that I probably wouldn't have made if I was running for Shane or something because, I mean, I feel like you're you're held to higher – I felt like I was higher, higher expectations when you got a name like that on your back. Right. And uh, I got to the trailer, and, like, I didn't really want to look at Richie. Like, I was like, this guy's going to think I'm a nut. And, uh, <laughs> I, like the, we ran it, that was in like one of the first classes so i mean one it looked like an idiot because i did it in like a points class or something and two it was a pretty big 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 gesture and right. I, I think when it went in the both pro classes that day or whatever and richie came up to me and he said 
don't worry, I would have done it too. <laughs> and I was thinking like, here I am stressing, and I think I made him look like an idiot because I had his name on the side of the go-kart, but he Shit. didn't really. No, he did plenty of that <laughs> when he was younger. You don't have to worry about it. You're not going to do anything to make him look any worse than he has himself. And uh, and truth be told, I, you know, from my perspective, Richie was never the person to start anything. Uh, but I, but, I but he damn he, he will damn hey, sure try yeah, to finish it whatever yeah, way absolutely. possible, which is good, man. That's that's how it should be, and uh, and you know that he's going to support you, yeah, man, as long as yeah. you're doing the right thing. And I mean, Richie, the good thing too, a lot of people sugarcoat stuff. I've I've actually there is no sugarcoating with Richie. He's no, going to come and, out. And he's going to tell you how it is. And there's a lot of sugarcoating in go karting because you have people spending money. And I actually I've I got a couple of messages the other day from random junior driver guys that like on pretty good rides, but they're like, man, if you're, they saw I was going to be a tri-state. Like, yeah. hey, man, can you just, like, look at my kid and tell me what you really think? I was like, if I tell you, like, it's it's going to be gonna brutally be honest. Yeah. But I was like, I'm not trying to, you know. And he's like, I, no, that's fine. He's like, I just, you know, he was explaining his thing kind of just uh, sometimes when you're writing the checks, it's like, are you really getting yep. honest getting, feedback yep. and stuff like that? And it's and I have a kid, too. And it's like there's a fine line there. You don't want to piss someone off. But, yeah. this, but you need to kind of let them and, know. And like, that was something that I wouldn't say Shane – taught me but that was something that he's gonna tell you how if you mess up i mean shane bass is gonna be the first one to tell you right what you did wrong i mean even till till today um if you can run a race and shane come up to you at the scales and tell you congratulations and not tell you what you did wrong then that means you did did something pretty decent and that he actually did at hunterstown after we won pro animal and it was kind of one of them deals like a couple months ago he would have came up to me and said you might have won that race, but you did this wrong, this wrong, and this wrong, and it's like, all right. But right. but uh, that made me who I am today. I would, I mean, I would argue, he corrected everything I did wrong, even if we did win a race or something. I mean, for a while there, man, left rears were my that was my arch enemy. I mean, if there was a left rear on the racetrack, I was known to hit it. Right. And Shane <laughs> got me out of that. And I mean, he, the people that don't let you make the mistake again are the people that's only going to make you better. And I think in go-kart racing, that's put aside a lot. You know what I mean? People, like you said, they sugarcoat it like, hey, we won. But they don't tell you the mistake that you made that could have cost you the race. Right. Which Shane did, and, and that's going to make you not want to do that again. You you prevent it. And, and I think that's what it takes. I mean. Yeah, I was still trying to, even at the end with Alex, I was like, I was still trying to figure out how to be – like not being an asshole, yeah. like because I like I'm kind of the same way, but it's like man, I just take it overboard sometimes, and I I know like something I just kind of said to myself like <clears throat> getting if I get back into it or whatever, it's like Chris and Jock Newsom, like they just it is what it is. Yeah. Everyone's gonna mess up. It's yeah. like sometimes it's it just you know everyone has a lot invested in it, whether it be time or effort and stuff. So it it gets heated, but um at the end of the day, it's just because your guys are you know you're trying to win yeah. races and do the best. And you I would can. say I'm by far one of the hardest people on myself. Like I mean. I'll be hard on myself before somebody even has the opportunity to tell me something. Right. Because, I mean, with Shane and Junior 3, driver's a big part of a Junior 3 race because, I mean, everybody's just about equal and when it gets to gets to that. And, I mean, even in adult stuff now, I feel like everybody's pretty pretty close. Mm-hmm. And perfection was always, was always pushed. If you can accomplish perfection, then you'll start to win races. And, I mean, if you strive for perfection, then you're going to land again uh, among success eventually. I mean – if you mess up running 13th, it's not going to matter. Right. But if you mess up trying to lead a race, then it comes back to haunt you. So when you do run 8th, if you make sure that you do hit your marks and you don't mess up, then when you do win that race, it's because a lot of it's going to be because you didn't mess up. And, I mean, that's a big part of it. Absolutely. And a couple 
last couple questions here for you. If Cole Niebert now is talking to Cole Niebert and Cole Niebert's dad before you really started traveling, um, even maybe before Outlaw and stuff, just any advice or any things that that you've seen as like a smaller team and stuff that you would maybe give to people that are about ready to hit the traveling circuit or want to kind of take the step up and get to the Virginia state races and stuff. Yeah. I mean, Uh, the first thing I tell them is go for it. I mean, don't, don't hold back. And, uh, that's something that I'm, I'm grateful that my dad and and them did support and, you know, and expanding what I could do with a go-kart. Um, don't hold back and don't, don't run these local races because they're easy to win. I mean, go travel experience it i mean it's something not only are you going to look back on that race but you're going to look back on the memories that you make in the process of of going to that race and stuff like that and uh that's something that you'll cherish i mean for a lifetime i mean if if i had to something crazy came up and they said all right today's your last day to race a go-kart i would have so many things that i could look back on where if i stayed home i probably wouldn't have as many many memories you know what i mean so Mm -hmm go for it make the memories spend the time with your kids i mean if you're an uncle or an aunt go i mean enjoy it as a family and i mean if your family doesn't doesn't support it like you said sometimes the mom's not always in the picture i mean right go and do it anyway you know what i mean yeah for sure and if you need help i mean this was on a previous podcast that i listened to i mean go ask people for help i mean some of them probably won't shoot you straight and some of them probably gonna look at you like you got three eyes but Mm -hmm. go ask people because eventually you're gonna land among somebody that wants to help you and wants to see success with you so go ask somebody i mean right and you can probably attest to this too a lot of the memories i have from from racing and stuff are getting to the track getting back on the track it's not even stuck at the track the conversations to and from or uh you know, like some of my favorite things are like when uh, even when I was traveling with Hammer, is like Hammer. If you go to like a fast food place and you sit down and eat, like when you're done eating, like, you know, like I think a normal like me, yeah. like I'm gonna put my stuff on the tray, I'm gonna throw it away. Yep. Hammer's like, man, that's what these people get paid for. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to learn, like you have to get done eating before him, so you can get your yeah. stuff. Because if not, <laughs> you're stuck there. And you have two choices: either you look like the rag ball that left all your <laughs> trash there, yeah. or you got to pick it up for him. So. uh but it's just like little things like that, you know. Like yeah, I mean, me and I mean Shane and Rebecca, we have memories. I mean, even with Richie now, I mean, we we've been stranded on the side of the road together, right. and like that's the stuff you're gonna look back look back on. And hotel rooms, I mean, I feel <laughs> like if you have like a, if you ever stay at like a hotel with your team or the people you're racing with, mm-hmm. you're never gonna be able to lay down and fall asleep right away because right. you're gonna somebody's gonna think of something or you know what I mean it's just gonna keep coming up of <laughs> of memories and things that'll just you'll you'll think back at a later date and say you know that that was what mattered yeah definitely so well uh, that's almost bringing us to an end here um, as far as if anyone's listening which I'm sure there's gonna be some people that want to get a hold of you or send you friend requests anything like that where uh where on the interwebs and social media can they best get a hold of you yeah i mean i i have a facebook i'd, I'd respond to a lot of facebook messages i mean mm-hmm. a lot of people don't have my number i'm at, with all these scams and stuff going around yeah and random number you're better calls off me, i don't even answer yeah, it so. facebook message me. yeah i mean shoot me a <laughs> facebook message i mean i have a twitter i have an instagram all that stuff and uh okay i'm always always willing to talk to somebody i'd I don't turn many people down. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, I'll, whenever I post the, the podcast and stuff, we will 
I'll I'll tag you in it, or yeah. I'll put you know your name C O L E N E I B E R T. Yep, the All E right. before the I. Yeah. <laughs> cool, man. Well, you know, I had a good time. I'm glad that uh, you know, my goal was to get someone that's that's currently racing. You guys are running good. Uh, you're you know one of my good friend Richie, your yep. team driver with him. Uh, you're. You're not quite a junior, but you're not quite like I'm not experienced as some of them dad or anything. Yeah. But it's good, man. I, I think that uh, you know we talked a little bit before we started. I think each one has been unique. Yep. I think everyone can relate to to different parts of it. I know like a lot of people like listen to Colbert and things like like they like the stories, but some of the things like he's not really in racing anymore. So it's like yeah. I think you being able to talk more about racing and just getting your start and. And just, you know, how your week works out because not everyone yeah. can live right down the street or and stuff like that. And yeah. that's that's some of the things that um you know, I don't think a lot of people realize how much effort it takes for yeah, people that def- live definitely not like a one night a week kind of thing. Like yeah. some people think it is. I mean, if you're gonna race and, and wanna be competitive, it's it's a lifestyle. It, it takes over. And uh right. I thank you for having me on here and letting me share my story. Yeah, man. Well, um, I wish you lots of luck as far as the rest of the season. I hope we get to see, uh, you know, always see the Facebook posts and stuff yeah, for you guys run. I, <laughs> I usually text Richie back and forth during the day because I'm on race mile or whenever I can get through baseball or whatever my kids, yeah. I kind of get on there and check out all the races. And, you know, I'll, I'll joke around with them. But, hey, man, you better put that motor on the uh, <laughs> the animal go-kart or yeah. something like that. But uh, it's fun. I mean, I, I like seeing people that I've known for a while. And uh, like I said, even knowing your dad and stuff, seeing you guys do good. So, yeah. uh I appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to everyone later. Yeah, well, thank you. Yes, sir. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. And as always, with any of the podcast guests we have on, if you see them at the track or if you want to shoot them a message on Facebook, uh, just just let them know that you appreciate their time and uh, we've had a lot of good conversations so far and we're still pretty early in it i've been trying different equipment different ways to go about the introduction part uh, different lengths of how long the conversations can be and hopefully there's a little bit of variety and everyone can kind of find something they can relate to i hope i think that probably um as this kind of goes on, I eventually want to get a website up. Uh, it's part of the kind of the, the reason I want to do the little GoFundMe page. And what I'd like to do is kind of separate it so that way if, you know, maybe six months from now someone kind of catches on and wants to listen to all the podcasts that are kind of centered more around uh, whether it be tires or chassis setup or even uh, like parents and kids and just some of the conversations they have and things like that. We want to kind of separate it so that way uh, you can kind of almost like a book that, you know, almost like an audio book and you can kind of just go back to which, you know, whichever chapter that you found value or, you know, maybe someone else told you about, um, you know, a different episode or something that you can go back and get some value from. So again, I appreciate it and I thank you for your time.